Hello and welcome to the Man on a Mission podcast. This is Lindsay Beister and today's guest is the one and only Alex Kenny. Good friend of mine, brother that I've known for several years now. Um, met Alex through the Mankind Project and we've sat in circle, yelled, cried, <laughs> screamed, <laughs> loved and shared some epic moments. And wrestled. And wrestled. Lots of wrestling with this man and... Um, I am very excited to have him on the show today. So strap yourselves in. Let's get started. Honored to be here. Man, it's so good to have you here. Yeah. And um, Alex just came down from Brisbane today um, to check out my place and hook up my air conditioning unit because he's a jack of all trades, master of all things. <laughs> and um, this morning I was lucky enough to take his recommendation, his fierce recommendation and do yes. the gallop. Oh, yeah, it's about time. Test. So I went and did this uh, 34-point test that he talked about for quite some time. <laughs> and um, is it Gallup? Yes, Gallup. Yeah, and um, I've learned a lot about myself so far. So there's lots of things that we're going to cover today. Mm. But um, let's just hear a little story, man. How did you? How did we meet? What's your story that you've got about us? Yeah, first impression. First, first time I seen you was at um, like the homecoming. It was at a Monday or Tuesday night with MKP like the the warrior training so it's like a men's initiate modern day rite of passage for men and it was the homecoming for your one mm. and i did mine two years before and was in other things and i decided to come back to that one to just be a part of it because i just fucking love it and um there was just an opportunity to share like i don't know like well, I think my mum put her hand up and shared. Yeah, that's right. And she like did a cracker. It was like fucking rocked me. Like where where I was and then like who I am now and stuff. And yeah, ever, it was it was pretty powerful. And then <clears throat> yeah, you guys were just like, I was like got down off the thing and, and then you guys did like a group photo and you and Jess were like, yeah, come with me. And I'm like, fuck, I wasn't even with you. Like, nah, we're brothers. And I was like, fuck, these guys are cool. And that was like my first impression hmm. of you specifically and, and Jess and obviously the guys that are all th like everyone who does their initiation doesn't matter when it is doesn't even matter what the organization's called like you're just men in circle just getting fucking real and like just being seen and mm. acknowledged and challenged and just going through like the shift from boy to man like responsibility like integrity accountability like the shit that fathers aren't fucking teaching sons because then there is no fucking fathers yeah generally yeah there's a lack you know that was yeah. one of the big reasons why I went to do men's work and personal development work was like yep. the lack of modeling for myself as a young man. And like, you know, not to say that my father didn't model things because my father did, yeah. but it was like the want and desire for mature masculinity. And I just remember me specifically watching Alex get up and talk and here's this mountain of a man <laughs> with a giant beard on him and um, he was just raw and getting into it. And the cool thing was, he was um, previously did a lot of bodybuilding and a lot of training too. So it was just like I had resonance for that because I'd recently at the time just shut down my weightlifting gym and um, to hear about someone else going through like an immense bodybuilding <laughs> training yeah. sort of journey was just cool. Like I, I could see a lot of myself in you and um, our warrior archetypes, <laughs> you know, strong. Yeah, we're basically headbutting each other right now. And um, yeah. I liked, I, I resonated, you know, uh, I think so often a lot of the men that come into men's work mm. are strong magician, 
strong lover archetypes yeah, yeah. and um, yeah. a lot of uh, warrior type men don't yeah. go to men's work because it's potentially maybe too vulnerable, too confronting or too feeling. Whereas a lot of guys that go into men's work in my experience come in through nice guy syndrome, like not really getting what they want, you know, and, and struggling to find that. So mm. what got you into it? What what made you <laughs> go, I want to go and do a rites of passage? That's was it. that was that the first thing? It um What was it? Oh yeah, what was it? Um Nah, the first one, the first thing I ever did was like a psychologist one-on-one session. Okay. Like, and I was just like, I need to get help with my thoughts because <laughs> it's a pretty dark thought. <laughs> well, I think we all have dark thoughts, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, like they still come. Like now it's like, okay, that's that's interesting. See you later. You know, thanks for reminding me. Yep, that's pretty fucked up. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, cool. You know, instead of like, that's reality, act on it. Like <laughs> there's a big fucking difference. <laughs> but like, yeah, just... Um. <clears throat> yeah pretty much like just a <sighs> what led to like I was like national level sport in like soccer and athletics and prof- semi-professional soccer player so that was like my vision that's all I was going to be like it was just non-negotiable and just like I put everything into that like <laughs> everything and then I had um, I got an eye injury got hit in my eye and had to get eye surgery. So then I was like on the couch for two weeks and it was like, I think I just lost my sound. Oh, did you? It went out? A little bit. Oh, back. And, and then I just went, okay, I need to get some help with this stuff because my identity is rolled up in my performance and everything external, external validation. And like, if I do that, then I'm worth something mm. and I'll get respect if I have, if I can bench press 170 or whatever. And so that's, yeah, just just that internal dialogue of just like going in with a psychologist and they're just like they're just hearing you out for an hour i'm like oh, i actually feel like i got something off my chest just then like mm. <laughs> like energetically off and i'm like there must be something to this and then i started seeing chinese medicine all these different like modalities and this one lady she just goes looked at me and she goes you need to contact this man and go to a men's group and i was just like sounds good and i just called him went turned up and they're just like, man, you got to go to the mountain. And I'm like, mountain? What's this mountain? Sounds like a fucking challenge. Like, what is this? Ah, <laughs> yeah. I got you in. Yeah. I'm going to turn just, I'm going to change one of the inputs, man. Just hold up one second. Inputs. Like this. There you go. Yep. Just keep it like this for now. How's that? Perfect. Still good? Yep. I can't hear myself that much. That's okay. We can just turn that up. Yep. Um. <clears throat> yeah, cool. So, yeah, just went to the mountain. Did the rite of passage. <laughs> got fucked up like in the way of like what you bring and how i think there's like emotional courage and like actual intestinal courage and not backing away from the challenge even if it's mental or emotional Mm. that is not done much it's always like physical external it's not um how would your life be if you didn't do that? What's at risk if you don't do that? Like some fucking questions are like, like some fucking like men standing there seeing you and they're asking life changing questions and you're like, I cannot hide from this. And I think that the cool <laughs> part about that sort of challenge as well was that it's done without the fuck you. Yeah. It's actually like men really holding that presence with you in all your vulnerability, not like, 
if you show me any weakness, I'm going to, I'm going to mess you up for it. It's like lovingly challenging you and having nowhere to hide. (laughs) It's raw, you know? And I think that experience for men, it's like, it's like the understanding that if you see red and blue together, it makes purple, but you've only ever said, seen red or blue. It's like, you don't quite get it until you actually see it in and viscerally get to have the sensation of it because prior to that Mm. when had you really felt that before (laughs) you just don't in society because it's always competition Mm. like with other men like he's gonna get something over me to win yeah sport which is like smiling shaking hands yeah bro how you going yeah good game yeah cool and then just war at each other yes i know that (laughs) yeah you would and like um that what there's just there is no room for that in society because there's an agenda of winning mm-hmm. if that's the belief that's right well that that's you know right. and program. i think for so many there is that programming you know it comes through i think the warrior spirit is good in that sense of developing the warrior spirit in kids and in young men through sport but then knowing that it's not the only way and there is another way you know there is so many ways (laughs) and then you know getting that visceral sensation on the mountain of men can love me men can hold me men are safe what else happened on the weekend for you what else was changing for you like the pure inspiration of seeing men get fucking real Mm. like like guys that are shy, like fucking raw and get their balls. It was just like, holy shit. I thought that that sort of character would just never get his power. Like, you know? And it's yes. just like, I, he just fucking got what I just thought would never be possible. <laughs> and it's not through reading a book. No, nah. Or, or thoughts. Or, or talking to a woman. <laughs> yeah. Like a sharing circle. No. Um, and then guys who are like ex-military, SAS soldier flavored athletes just like like being held and like viscerally just crying cathartically like full body rinsing out like a a tea towel of water is like whoa like that i don't think i've ever seen that before like i don't think that that was possible Mm. (laughs) and it was like it's all happening at once in different situations and different workshops and stuff and it's like this is like a battlefield of healing and it's like that is a normal part of human experience is actually allowing emotions to flow rather than like holding it together in this like character like i'm the sport jock i'm the intellectual it's like stepping out of that and actually experiencing other parts to actually calibrate and balance the fuck out and actually flow with what emotions need to come out. You mean I can be more than just what I make myself to become? Never. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that speaking to that for any of the listeners is like, I think an initiation like that is like the, the caterpillar to the butterfly. It's like you go through this stage where you just become mush and all your belief patterns around who you think you were or how you should be gets dissolved. It's not like it changes. It's like a dissolving or an alchemizing of 
man, if I could be any way, do I need to be the jock when I'm with my kid? Do I need to be stoic when my woman's, you know, asking for her, my presence, you know, and getting to open, you know, how can I, how can I open my heart and still know that I might get hurt, you know, without closing it straight away? And the whole, you know, I've got to be strong and stoic to be a man. It's like, what is a man? What is this societal demand on us as men to be a certain way? You know, and I've spoken about this at length in the other podcasts around, you know, the silent generation bringing up the baby boomers, you know, that was like, shut up, be quiet, don't share. And then they're our parents and that's what got modeled to us specifically. Like I'm 37 this year. Alex is probably... 45 is <laughs> a young buck he's probably like 25 you wouldn't know i think i think he's the exact same age as yoda how old are you bro i think 35 gets like that it definitely gets that way i'm pretty sure yeah mm. yeah and the experience of that you know and seeing that alchemize in you in the years after like it's been three years now of you know, seeing the man that you're developing into more and more each day, in each post, in each interaction, <laughs> you know. And I, you know, I dig that about you. For for the listeners, is Alex and I don't mind disagreeing, yeah. you know. And, and this is a beautiful part. For me, growing up, it was altercations meant physical harm. For me, is a story that I didn't realize. And so, if I disagreed, I could physically be in trouble. And so I avoided conflict throughout my life and I didn't know how to have conflict because what got modeled to me was it's very dangerous Mm. and I didn't want to be the dangerous one. So I would avoid it because that's what got modeled to me. Um, What about you? I was born into conflict, you could say. Yeah. But like in a, it wasn't, I don't think it was too traumatic. Maybe it was, but I had an older brother, like eight years older. So he was like training me to be like just challenged every part of my psyche physical challenge like you can't do that fucking boom you can't do that boom he's just like fuck you can do that and a boom was like fuck like he only told me this lately <laughs> but like in the meantime i'm like that's just what i gotta do yeah like just do it and it's like climb that jump that fucking boom like you can't do that that guy said something and like it's it's almost like have you seen that um that movie unleashed mm-hmm like that was a jet lee mm-hmm. <laughs> he's got that chain on him like he, he did that when we went to church he's like that guy like he me- i remember i was next to him he's like said to this other brother he goes my brother could smash your brother and then i'm just like do i even have a decision in this and he's just like not nah. and he goes yeah whatever look at him and he was a bigger guy and i just smashed him and it was just like i felt good i suppose but it's like I just didn't know any better, mm. but it was only that's only that's only one example. But I, it just, I was just challenged all the time and tested and pushed. So I have, you know, if someone tests you and pushes you, like fucking, let's go, like let's like let's go, like because all that's gonna happen is a bit of blood, if, awkward situation, you're gonna feel whatever, but you, you're not gonna die. So great, let's go keep going, <laughs> like you know, and and I and I had that into sport. Yeah, I had a lot of coaches that harnessed that into sport, and I could see that. And 
gave me a lot of positive feedback, a lot of constru- constructive feedback. So like, I'm fine with it, giving and receiving feedback as well, like all day. Like I've mm. had it with so many sports and my older brother. And we, we've got a great relationship with my brother now. Like it's just just brother stuff. Like It's, it's forged in fire. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. And I don't, I'm only realizing now like that's the con- part of the contribution that I bring to different guys that haven't had brotherly or fatherly or martial art or military or sporting backgrounds is that they're like confrontation. That means... I'm going to die or not going to like me. And I'm like, oh man, it's, you don't die. Like (laughs) you don't die. But like in my instances, if you have an altercation with somebody and it turns into, you can lose your job. Like that's what I see these days in the PC culture that we live in. It's like, if someone gets offended (laughs) and goes to HR, you can lose your job or because someone else was offended. You know, and like yeah. that has repercussion. Like, say you're trying to buy a house, and some early twenty-year-old female doesn't like it because you have boundaries, and goes to HR. Then what? You know, and I think there's that side that's a little bit different, but it's still the altercation, confrontation, where it's like, can you really fully show up and be who you want to be? So getting back to that with your older brother and you're saying you're in church and that sort of thing. Where did you grow up, man? Where, what's the what's your childhood like? Just around, just Brisbane. Yeah, like just city, city slicker, sort of family of six, younger brother, older brother, older sister, family married, like passionate about marriage and marriage staying together for strong families and a strong society and stuff like that um so that's been the main emphasis of my um you know moral compass (laughs) which is pretty good actually a lot of gratitude for that um like just that core solid foundation um and then yeah everyone has like traumas everyone has like things that are good and things that that are being well so yeah that's it's a pretty good foundation like um then from there to like I was a bit naughty, so it was homeschool for two years, and then I just what age was that? Like years six and seven. Yeah. Okay. So I did like a Mooney to the teachers at the school camp, and I was just like, "Yeah," <laughs> and they're just like, "You are out of control," and my mum was like, "You are beyond control," because I just was a strong-willed child, so they just didn't know how to handle or engage with me, which my strengths is the most misunderstood, so it makes sense. Um, they just don't know how to be or engage with that sort of stuff but a lot of coaches did so i had a lot of you could say father energy through my sporting coaches who allowed me to be an animal on the field or in the training and just like just get it out just just like a a racehorse um but then also like harness and coach that not suppress it Mm. which i think that's so important that's that's yeah you'd see that with all your jiu-jitsu and being a father yourself yeah, it's just like you don't want to break the will of somebody. Like 80% yeah. of kids are misdiagnosed with ADHD, you know? And it's just like, to me, I always say it and I'll say it again. ADHD to me is a fucking superpower. Speaking my language now. Yeah, because it's like, to me, it's energy. Like you put a you put a fierce wild animal in a cage and teach it to read. <laughs> it's going to want to do a Mooney and probably, you know, tear the fucking trainer apart with its bare hands and... Look what we have with kids, you know, especially young boys. And I'm not saying it's good for girls either. This is not the case here. Like, yes, it might be 
more beneficial for the social aspect of girls and their development and the way they talk and learn and can sit still, boys need to move and girls need to move too. But I'm just being very particular that it's just like boys struggle in this environment and they need an outlet. And so, you know, to hear Alex having that outlet and for kids and any listeners out there, if you've got a boy that's highly energetic is, it's like we know when we buy a border collie, we're going to, it's going to have a strong relationship to that ball, you know, like you need to exercise it, know what you've got, you know. And 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 for single mothers, if we have little boys and there's a lot of conditioning, I'm going to go out on a limb here around trying to suppress that like little fighter that little um tester pusher like aggression and it's actually healthy to get it out and calibrate and dominate that beast within rather than cutting it off and castrating it and the reason why is because if he doesn't have control over that when he's a grown-ass man it's going to be dangerous because he's going to come out and he has no control over it that's why prisons are full of men have not had any space to explore that yeah energy i agree that was that was me being a little boy single mom and not knowing how to like fully release my rage if my if i released rage rage got put down on me bigger i just got overpowered and so for me it's like learning that if i can get in touch with my rage i can befriend it understand it accept it calibrate it enjoy it embrace it because to me aggression is energy and the same with rage rage isn't bad or wrong it's not good or bad it's just rage and like it is life force energy to me it's like the part of me that's like rage is almost like an explosion in that sense and that's how the fucking world got started right so it's just like it's a creative force if we feel rage how can we how can we use that energy rather than the emotion the energy that we feel in our bodies to do good with it like to me, it fuels my day. It fuels my training sessions. It fuels my thought, fuels my discovery and passions for what I'm interested in. Not that I need to negate myself or castrate myself, as you said. Like not castrating young boys. So, do you reckon that a lot of a lot of guys castrate it? That stuff. I think so. I think it's it's not acceptable. And I, I've spoken to this lots, especially with men on a mission. And my posts on social media is basically in this society the only emotion that we're allowed to express but not too much is happiness (laughs) basically that's the only socially acceptable thing and if you're too happy you look crazy but if you're sad someone wants to pat you Mm. or fix you or stop it and if you've got rage someone's going to call the cops you know and if you're any other on the wheel you know mad glad sad fear or joy guilt shame any of that like that's how society you know tries to push their agenda and will upon us at the moment is they use shame a lot shame us into doing things or taking things or following along you know so for me it's just coming back to what is society allows and that's happiness is probably the only thing that's socially acceptable if you ask someone how you're going and they say anything other than okay, if you go, I'm fantastic, I feel fucking so good right now, people are like, dickhead, you know? And it's just like... That, that's programming. That's, that's like, a, like a, you can't go out the spectrum of like even 
I, I actually just, I don't have a problem with it, but I was just like, I'm actually shit. Or like, I'm fucking, yeah, I'm fucking going great. And like, you know, and just to see the, like how they respond, it's like, I can see the programming, the Agent Smith of, oh, this is uncomfortable. Oh, fuck, where's it going to go with this? It's like, there's a difference between anger and rage. Like anger is like great for starting and breaking through things or starting and initiation. Like let's go. And then the rage to me is like a, it's like a lack of regulation. It's like, that's almost the danger part. And I think that we aren't even taught this stuff, right? Even sadness or anger, like, oh, don't go there. Even like therapists, like this is just blanket statements, but like the whole cognitive, like uh, talking and thinking, talking, think, talk, think, that's, it's quite feminine to do that. In some regard, it's a great start. It's a great place for people. Everyone's different. But then also you can't beat, well, I can't beat like just pillows and just belting the fuck out of them and just screaming and just like getting it out. Like, and even just driving and just roaring as hard as I can. Like just, just being calm in regards to my body movement, but just like just getting it out of my guts till I can feel like the abs getting like, like an energetic, like, like explode, like releasing the emotion, energy and emotion, like actually letting it move and i do have a loud voice so i i'm responsible for that because it it could scare people i've been told that it's it is too loud or whatever but like that's why i do it in the car when not us around or into pillows as being responsible for my energy my presence and that's the part that i think is not being taught and emotions is like that's fucking gay that's bullshit yeah well how's that working out trying to feel good to have a beer to relax why why are you feeling anxious? Oh, I'm feeling good. Yeah, fucking bullshit. What's underneath? Let's f- get it out. Mm. Like actually stop denying and just get fucking real with why you're going to like Netflix, escaping. Escaping what? Like fucking what? Go into it. Why not? Or you can escape sometimes as well, but it's just short-term stuff. And we're dealing with symptoms and talking about symptoms and talking about shit that we don't want to talk about because no one in my experience, can be with an emotion they haven't been with themselves. Unless you're with a therapist who has explored the depths of their psyche and can be with, I'm sad, okay, and just be, and shut the fuck up and just listen. Don't fix, don't fake positivity. Just fucking be with it. Mm. But that takes a lot of emotional maturity, which is not being passed down the generations. So you've got little boys and men's bodies back to all this rite of passage stuff. There's no disruption between boy and man and teaching them and even a space to explore these parts of the inner beast and the, you know, inner little bitch or whatever. Like I've got all these parts as well. We just have them. It's all part of us. Yeah. So how well do we know it? Good to hear fire, brother. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get it. We just got a little bit of it there. It's brewing. Yeah, absolutely. And like mm-hmm. having those parts in ourselves to to expand and grow and learn and sharpen, you know, I want that. I need that, you know, hence the reason why I come to do men's work. Mm. It's like, I want to go deeper. I want to know myself more. I want to let that out, you know, and I want everyone to feel that around them to have that full expression. Like my mm. major goal with Man on a Mission is to help men feel all their feelings, not to just put a blank band-aid on it or put a blanket over it or just try and hide it under the rug. Spend my whole life trying to take a mask off, you know? Fucks me, I'm going to put one back on now. 
you know and so yeah like i i I don't actually like there's like a apathetic nice guy program that's very common of like just numbness of empty ball sack empty life fat force from like porn all the time which is fully unaccountable and it's in a solid men's group that actually addresses this fucking topic um and has like accountability stuff or whatever around that to start with so you know um that along with denial of like i'm fine and this is part of the programming of like it's uncomfortable if he's not that you know you got to get the job done we haven't got time to process emotions well what's the price of that on society well look at it now look how many bottle shops there are how often are they where are they (laughs) yeah it's (laughs) i actually it's really refreshing to see what i was pointing to is like the apathetic like just resigned and just empty and just numb and just pretending to be polite but really seething fucking rage from not being able to put their boundaries up and enforce them it's like man i'd love to see you empowered i'd Mm. love to see color in your face and like actually feel and know that Mm, i think i i see that i was thinking about it before when you were talking was the there's so many men that have such such strong magician energy that their their magician and their ego just backwards and forwards all day long, just in their head, like you're saying about talk, think, talk, think, talk, think, mm. and there's no action because mm. there's no warrior, there's no seer, there's no feeler, there's barely any lover, there's barely anything else other than just men stuck in their heads, you know, being told how they should be by others, you know, whether it's society their mums, vacant dads, whatever it is. Like, that's what I see. And that's trying to break that down, trying to get men out of their heads and learning to start to feel into their body, give themselves some colour, give themselves some balls back, reunite with their own inner fire. That Just they a bit of mongrel as well. Nothing's yeah. wrong with a bit of that. Oh, it's so needed, man. It's missing. Otherwise what? Just, ca- just coward thinking foolish fighters. Basically, and just pleasure seekers, you know, because then it becomes the impotent lover, you know, it's the shadow aspects of the archetypes that we are dealing with in a large scale, societal scale for me. It's like feeling into that, feeling into the integrated magician is a coach, is a teacher, you know, a loving teacher, not trying to hide, not trying to run some woo spiritual thing where it's like, I've got these secrets that I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to download something for you, you know. And the opposite of that is, you know, not teaching, being vacant. Like to me, the magician's not a bad thing. It's actually really good, but it needs to be integrated, you know. What, what do you reckon the integrated magician is looks like? It's the coach. It's the teacher. Yeah. It's the mentor, you know. the like Ask powerful questions for them to see. Yes, yes, to lead it's them, to make them think, you know, to help young men think to think for themselves and to pass on wisdom. It's the rites of passage. It's the training from the elder men, you know? And I see it as why we have an issue with uh, society so often is that we indoctrinate our kids through schools and it's not normal for a society to have everyone be the same age group. That's a good good point. If you think about it, I only thought about it a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, it's easy to see that there's gangs because kids grow up all the same age trying to teach each other things it's like my son who's 14 has all 14 to 16 year old friends 
It's like, where's the 21, 28, 36, 48-year-old man? If there was one of each of those age brackets hanging out as a group, they wouldn't do mm. the dumb shit that they do. But if they're all 14... That's no the psychology of it. Yeah, that's the, that's the group think that happens. And then they get out into the world mm. and then society doesn't look like that. We go to work oh, yeah. and there's older men, younger men, middle-aged men, middle-aged women. There's all different sorts. So it's just like helping kids in that position because what I see is a, I'm really passionate about rites of passage for kids. So when I look at it, I see the integration from being a little kid, being in a family dynamic, and then going into society, there's a real lack of transition where the young men feel like they're a part of society because they don't feel like they're part of their family, but they don't yet feel a part of society because they're unable to either work, they're not at the right age, or they're not able to move out of home and do their own things yet. They're in limbo. So that's the prime time to help men, young men, integrate into society in a healthy way and that's what's missing that's my work it's rites of passage for young men to transition into society with mentorship mm. with leaders with positive mature masculine men not the internet not pornography teaching them not social media teaching them all these things that parents and not even parents because like i get it most of us don't want our parents teaching us stuff when we're 14 we want uncles cousins older friends to sort of challenge us you know to to give us something different to give us that naughty thing you know whether it be you know a, a bit of alcohol or a bit of to drive the car around the back street or whatever that rites of passage is if it's not integrated mature masculine rites of passage kids are going to find it through a bottle through a cigarette through a glass pipe through or, wrap, or wrapping their car around a pole Exactly. How fast can I go? How much can I impress? You know, and that's what we're seeing more and more. Or we're seeing it that, you know, we're one of the first generations, the millennials, I'm born 84, to have uh, basically, we're the first generation to not have it better than the previous generations. Every generation. To not have it better? Yeah. To not have it better? What do you mean? Baby boomers had it way better in the sense of they got to right off the back end of world war Two, where re- plenty of work plenty of opportunity the university system still worked you know jobs you still you could you could literally work as a a linesman for telstra and buy a house and have a car and these mm. days if you're a minimum wage worker on 40 grand a year you're going to struggle to buy your own house the amount of money it costs to, you know you need dual of, income yeah. that sort of thing so it's just seeing that how it's been playing out for us it's like it's a challenge it's not as easy as it once was you know the amount of expenses and cost it is like cost of living in australia especially it's like it's brutal you got to work your buns off you know and then we have a whole societal match now of disenfranchised men that are just cut off pleasure seeking because all they do is work to try and you know, I saw a meme the other day. It's like, shit, we live at work and we visit our house. <laughs> you know, it's just like you spend nearly a million dollars on a house in the suburbs these days and you only get to spend a few hours a week in it. You know, and all the other time you're in your car or at some job site or at some place that you don't like, happen to be nice to other co-workers so you don't get fired. <laughs> you know, it's like... I'm laughing through the sadness of this. It's just like, it's just biblical times. 
it's wild times, man. And like, you know, for me, I'm, you know, I've worked really hard in my life to get to a point where we do have a property, we are on land, do work for myself now, not stuck with anyone else, having to live by their rules, you know? It's like getting to do it more the way I've always wanted to do it. So I'm not lucky, I just fucking work my ass off and doing my deep emotional work and creating a solid family container with my wife, you know, and my son and my housemates that I know, love and trust, you know? Need that. We need that, man. We need to know that we're solid, you know, and we're building what we're building here. We're creating something for our future that's, you know, a little bit off grid, a little bit safer, a little bit separate, you know? And I can <laughs> I can see that being, you know, a lot of people's ideals these days is like a lot of people don't want the the house in the in the suburbs. They kinda wanna get out a little bit, a little bit more space, a bit more freedom, you know, growing food and living a little bit simpler that's always been something for me that i've always delved into you like getting out into nature i don't i don't i don't make it a priority Mm. (laughs) it's probably why i'm probably ungrounded and a bit come across scattered sometimes Mm. it's just the truth (laughs) totally um i just it's almost like a denial being in the city with always shoes on and screens N- not ha- like when people talk about oh connecting with nature I, there's a part of me that just goes shut the fuck up you're <laughs> full of shit like I, d- I don't relate to that language even my best mate from 20 years he talks about oh connect and be at one with nature i'm like what the fuck is this hippie shit like i, I consider myself open-minded but i haven't got that relationship with the earth yet I but I do know <laughs> when I go in nature, I'm like I actually feel pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so there's probably a bit of denial there. Meanwhile, Alex Kenny is currently burning sage in front of him and getting grounded right now. So, yeah, you know, Just whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Tools. And so, the social fabric's pretty wild. You know, yeah. we're sort of beacon about that. Yeah. And like. I know that you're really passionate around the tall poppy and the Australian theme that we have that's like, you know, competition around men and sticking our heads out. So, what? Competition. Competition's great, man. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And if life's a game, then there's rules and winners and losers, right? And you you don't always, sometimes you nail, sometimes you're the hammer, you know. Any tool's the same thing. You can use a hammer to hit a nail and you can use a hammer to hit yourself in the dick you know like it's really what you want the, but the, the yeah I'd love to, like who else is talking about tall poppy syndrome no one <laughs> how many people know Australia's tall poppy syndrome is the worst in the world I know I've heard of it I've heard of it and I, I guess I feel that anytime we stick our heads out what shine. What is yeah, what is it? What do you reckon it is for you? To me, to me, tall poppy is one of the major reasons why I got out of my little hometown as well is I just felt it was very limiting. There was nothing to actually strive for. And I didn't even know what I really wanted, but I knew that what opportunity was in my hometown didn't feel like anyone was really striving to support me in my growth and winning, you know? I couldn't even do a Cert 3 and 4 in fitness down where I was used to live. It wasn't even offered. Oh. There wasn't even a TAFE that would offer it. So I had to move away to do the career that I wanted to do. It's basically work on the boats or 
grow illicit substances was basically the two choices is what I felt like was the way to sort of make money. And uh, I didn't like either. So I got out of there. Yeah. And tall poppy to me is... It's a, it's a cancerous, visceral, yuck feeling that I used to feel when I worked in construction of being like everyone else is to blame. No one can do a good job. It was almost like I was being sabotaged any time I did. Like I had run-ins with lots of older men that I feel like could be mentoring me and could be bringing me up, but were putting me down instead making my job and life harder than it needed to be for no reason other than it happened to them. It was like that vicious cycle. I learned this in Landmark, something that we both <laughs> know, you know about. So it was just like it was a vicious cycle. It was a vicious cycle of hurt people hurting people. And it was like, you know, and I, and I feel it. I feel it in the older generation of just like, yeah, you had it better. Yeah, you had it good. So why be like that now? Like, what is it proving to you to put me down? I've never understood trying to blow someone else's candle out. doesn't make yours any brighter. And I've, that's always resonated for me. I can feel a bit of heat behind that. Yeah, absolutely. That. It's visceral for me. Yeah, and is, if, if I cried about it, it would be because there's fucking rage underneath there. Yeah. There's anger underneath there. And, you know, this is for so many men, like the feeling of anger is so often has sadness underneath or sadness has anger underneath it it's not just sadness you know so for me there's definitely like unjust in it yeah you know i have a thing about fairness it's yeah. one of my core beliefs but i realize that there's no such thing as fairness <laughs> so i've had to learn to dissolve that desire and want for the life to the world to be fair treat people as you'd like to be treated are you enneagram type nine i have no idea peacemaker they Pro love things to be just be fair yeah but it's bullshit. So. You don't like that? You don't like labels? Um, I think I'm something else when I did that test. I think I was like eight or seven. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what else it was, but yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. So what do you see it as, <laughs> Mr. Alex Kenny, who loves the tall poppy syndrome? Uh, I think that it's from unacknowledged strengths and talents and gifts. Yeah. If people actually fucking knew what they brought to the table they wouldn't feel the need to cut anyone else down. Mm. So when they see someone shining or doing something well, it instantly brings up emotion that's uncomfortable of that person's bringing up uncomfortable shit because that person's embodying their fully claimed gifts and strengths to the world or doing something well. And it's the other person's discomfort because they don't fucking know how good they are, what they, be, they bring to the table, what the contribution they bring. So they have to fucking cut them down, the person who's doing it, which is just bullshit. Mm. Like, why? What? It's, it's, it's so unnecessary and it's bullshit. And it, no one is fucking talking about this. So I'm going to talk about it because no one is fucking talking about it. I think no one needs to, no one fully understands what, how to deal with their own uh, okay, jealousy yeah. and envy. Okay. Because that, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's me. Yeah. That's okay. how. Yeah. Well, so everyone has like things that they like naturally, the ways that they're being, things that they'll be doing, the contribution that they bring to situations, needs and requirements that they need to f be fully engaged, like a full chessboard where it has pieces 
that like if you like oh I'm I'm good at thinking okay I'll do a little bit of that little bit of that little bit of that but if like I'm actually good at like I'm learning going to new experiences like so Lindsay's top five is like communication like he's a great communicator mm-hmm. and and he's got and he's got woo which is like breaking the ice and like winning other people over in situations like dissolving social anxiety you've been doing that this whole since the beginning of the session um, ideation you have great ideas you just go out and your brain just thinks about all these different possibilities which is like fucking incredible problem solving and like solutions and resolving things and then learn are like always open-minded like going into situations like i can actually be open-minded and i love the experience of learning whether it's the doesn't it doesn't matter too much about the outcome like the <laughs> which like the, the, the barrier of that like the flip to watch out for is you're always just doing new experiences right that's me <laughs> see but like that's the cool part is you're always open and always ready for like something new like even talk and listen to this you're actually open to hear it yes which you're actually doing your number two strength right now like that's quite rare because some not everyone has open-minded to new experiences they're just not and then input there's so much like gathering of information and topics and feel part feel <laughs> full permission to input now of what your input looks like but gathering a lot around lots of different topics at any one time to be useful and output a lot yeah well that's me in a nutshell i just love going deep in everything and especially with the people in my life you know that's something that i've always strived for is i want to get to know you i don't want to get to know the superficial mask on version of you i want to know the deep visceral sensation of you and then through that i get to have myself be met yeah you know so intimacy into me i see your greatness your fucking awesomeness yes connection not addiction Mm. (laughs) yeah absolutely (laughs) and then you can be awesome of like just imparting to my life for example of what you can see because i can see that you have a lot of ideas open to experience and scanning how i would best learn how I would listen through the best way to communicate and win Alex over to input the best part of how I see his potential going forth, which specifically has been King Energy for me from you. Yes. <laughs> and that's why I resonate so much with King Energy yeah. for myself. It's like, yeah, I feel that because I see, you know, that's my that's my gift, my talent. Yeah. As and a coach. Yes. For many years in the, in, the, in the gym, you have your own gym, like as a high-performing Olympic lifting coach, international coach. Yep. seeing someone's potential importing into their life yep. to tweak their performance bigger lifts more reps whatever it is and knowing the drama triangle for some people they saw the coach or the challenger as the perpetrator did they yeah if they're in victim if their favorite position in the drama triangle is to be a victim if they don't believe what i believe then what yep. else is there to do other than reject it so that was something that i came up with or came up against quite a bit and 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 th- that's so good to hear because if everyone this is not utopia it's actually a possibility if everyone actually knew their strengths say clients of Lindsay's actually knew that his input was coming from a place of I love you I want to see you better and not your fucking shit you're not good enough and I'm telling you you're actually shit if they could actually see it's actually input then it would dissolve that shit and actually take it for what it is Mm -hmm. because they know they bring in their strengths to a situation of like 
being possibly competition is like he's actually going to impart wisdom so I can lift my competition yes. and then lift other people around me's competition performance. So that's where I see the value of it is like, and the other temptation for input is just giving input when it's not asked for, like unsolicited advice. Like that would be a really, because you can see the king, you can see so much and you're like, oh, if he would just fucking... Like, yeah. Oh man, unsolicited <laughs> coaching advice. I have I, my t- my mouth is bleeding, you is know, because I bite my you, tongue. Do you? No, but you know oh, what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. As a metaphor, as a metaphor of just I want to help, and my my biggest trigger was people that didn't want me to help. There you go. Wow. They would always fuck me off the worst. It's like here's this person that says they want to lift more or want to get better, but they don't want to get coached. It's like. You just basically just want to chop your own dick off, you know? <laughs> like, why would you not want to get helped? Yeah. So that was my own trigger yeah. that I was unaware of at the time is you wouldn't let me input. And did you ramp up your winning them over, breaking the ice and communication to try and get through? Always, always <laughs> in the nice guy way though. Yeah, okay. You know, in a way that was trying to be non-perpetrator, you know, nice loved accepted like i avoided conflict in that you know if i called someone out i'd i'd quickly like you know give them the was it like the compliment sandwich you know give them something shit give them like give them something good give them something shit give them something good again and just like to me it was it wasn't authentic and like it's because i had blind spots like i've you know i think i can just say it for me is like i have blind spots there's parts of me that i don't know about that other people see you know that's the beauty and love for me around men's work is that someone like yourself can see parts of me that i can't see you know because i can't see all of me i can just see what i think i'm like and i usually just go to what i'm good at and know what i'm not good at mm. but you know someone like yourself can see the gold in others and pull this out you know and there's so much power in that because i feel like everyone has gifts and the only person that really that i see do it in recent years was someone like Gary V where it wasn't like, don't work on your weaknesses, work on your strengths. They're already your strengths. You know, like that's the area that you're already good at, that you have flow and enjoy. Do more of it, become more of who you are, not more of who you aren't good at. Like to me, that's like, that's good in certain sports or good trying to fix your body if you're in pain to have balance. But really like life skills, like why not just be more of who you are? I'd love to know yours, man. You've got yours out here and I can see them and I'm like, tell me about this, man. Alex's lungs look beast, by the way. (laughs) It's actually, (laughs) I wanted to say that like 87% of people disengaged in life. Yeah. Like, and that went, the one thing you were saying that I want to like not skip over is that what Gary Vee was saying is that if you folk, if you put your hand out like a star, like a big open palm, you got five fingers, your, top, your top dominant top five talents, which are your strengths. You, the pointy part of the star is your strength. And a lot of teachers and parents and like societies like, you know, yeah, you're good at this, but let's just go fucking straight for the weakness. Let's go and become well-rounded, which means dim your fucking star. So you end up making a fist with your hand. Yeah, so you become like that's right. less. That's right. Mm. And dim and disengaged. 87% of people are fucking disengaged. So disengage, disengage. Whereas, say when in a, well, this workshop coming up, right, is like knowing your strengths deeper and then you knowing my strengths deeper. As an example, two stars that are shining bright like that and you can complement my input. Yeah, so your two hands interlock, your fingers yes. interlock like a cog. 
That's right. Yeah. And the oil can be the lubrication of the language of strengths. Yes. Of like, I fucking, he's doing his ideation thing. Hey, bro, let's pull it back a bit. If we're in a, a strategy meeting, we'll go into ideas later. But you've got, you've got to handle that as an example. But yes. that could be something that could go. Or me like, hey, bro, just fucking pull your handbrake. Like, not, we don't have to act now. Let's get some more strategy. Yeah. So that's the part that everyone sees my impatience. Let's start. Let's go. It's a strength. So stop fucking dimming it and telling me to sh- stop it. And just like, just maybe come back to this meeting. We're going to pull the trigger. Then we'll get you in. Yeah. Instead of fucking turn it off. Yes. That's where I get fucked off. Royally. Yeah. I can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Only, <laughs> but yeah. Ali just sprayed me. No. <laughs> no, but like, yeah, I, I do mathematically have the most misunderstood, rarest number uh, one strength. It's command. And it, uh, 5% of the population have it in their top five percent and i've got it as number one so it's very misunderstood so tall poppy has been i think tani's got that yeah she probably maybe does i think so like she she has turns you on (laughs) yeah bro (laughs) so do you though give us a look at this bad boy direct and decisive very read the read the um description people exceptionally talented in command theme have presence they can take control of a situation and make decisions absolutely I am direct and decisive. I will push back when pushed. I will bring <laughs> emotional clarity. I need challenges and conflicts. I love exerting control in situations that seem out of control. That's Tani. I hate passive, <laughs> yes, passivity and avoidance. Comfortable in the driver's seat. Barrier or labor is a bossy or dictator. Well, that's Tani's. And we always laugh because like we're watching um, the show Sex Education at the moment. And there's a girl in it that's like full bossy. Like she just like clicks her fingers for her partner to like do something. And Tani giggles because it's like that unapologetic what get asking for what she wants, yep. you know. And that in society so often it means that it's a negative like bossy thing. Whereas like bossy is assertive. Like bossy, I, I like following people like that. Yep. Especially when they're heart-centered and it's like they're thoughtful about it. You know, or, or what, what? Like the other part around, like um, exerting control. Like, oh, you're so controlling. Okay, so does that mean everything being out of control is good? Like, imagine if we took command out of this earth. <laughs> yeah, it'd like, be really. Fucked. It'd be imagine, fucked. imagine if we just got rid of this one completely out of the whole world. Yeah, no rules. <laughs> but like, rules are good. Well, everyone's driving on the left hand side of the road. That's kind of good. But yeah, if, if, so if you know that about each other, then you can, there's a really like a complementary effect. Like, like Alex is like release the hounds. That's what I think of <laughs> Alex. It's like let the magicians talk a bit, and we'll get Alex to go out and do the thing. Because that's the best, man. Like that's how I see it. If you know, if we were in an army together, it's like, what can I trust Alex to do? You know, and it's like he's the activator and the commander. You know. <laughs> And it'll be the best. Well, well, I well, I was a goalkeeper for many years, so it's like I've got a team of guys, and we can see. Uh, I can I can see the king stuff of like I can see what's going on. I need to be six steps ahead of the opposition coming at us, and I have to encourage the absolute fucking core out of my men str- like before they can even think. So I've got connectedness, which is like connecting the dots mm-hmm. between like what's going on and from the sport like access. Like this is a goalkeeper flavor of how I did it. But then competition, so I can connect the dots between what's happening. Competition, I'm aware of 
everyone's performance where everyone's at and my own performance and their t- other team's performance and in the unhealthy it's about me being the best and winning in healthy it's like us live winning and performing mm. really awesome and then intellection i think very deeply about things and very like <laughs> to the core um and so much so that my missus has a joke that when i'm talking to someone i actually need someone to like tap me and say okay we need to like do this next task because i just go like just i forget about time i don't even know where i am and then activate is like fire like let's go let's pull the trigger on this Mm -hmm. let's action initiate and then commands this emotional clarity and like just presence um so yeah that's it's 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 volatile and it's explosive and brilliant yeah yep and it's just that's just me and it's just like the chance of anyone else having the same as your strengths my strengths anyone's strengths it's like it's one in 33 million chance of someone having the same strengths, talents in the same order. It's like a unique, it is the unique snowflake thing, not that <laughs> Dan Pina would disagree, but uh, everyone is that unique like autobiography, like everything that's right about you, like from an ontological like way of being level, that is right about you. And if everyone actually knew that in, in, a, in an organization, how much more efficiency, well, this is why it's big in America. Is there's, there's only 500 of us Gallup strength coaches in Australia. In America, they've got them in Fortune 500 companies. When they've got Gallup strength coaches doing team sessions and one-on-one sessions with the CEOs to dissolve the bullshit so that people can actually give feedback because they're not like, I've arrived. It, their engagement goes up six times the amount each person. And then that to revenue and profits is 22% increase of revenue of profits of a whole company over a whole year because you've got people not taking sick days people going the extra mile people wanting to be there people encouraging each other people being seen and heard so it dissolves their gossip and their insecurities their jealousy and envy so you can be inputting and at the front teaching from a king perspective of like we, this is what we need to do guys Alex reel it back a bit we need more of you when you do the sales stuff Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, I'm seen. I'm fucking here. Do you know I'm what? In flow. Yeah. I want other people to come here. Clients like want to be a part of it because the culture is so like contagious and it's energy stuff. Like you're speaking about and focusing on what is right about people. And this, this is all that it is. That's why I love it. Like tall poppy syndrome. Cut each other down instead of like actually fertilizing. Fucking you are awesome doing that up there. Do you know what? I'm up here too with my thing. Let's big. Let's pull other people up. Mm. What else is going to take? Mm. What else is it? It's this to me. I, I could be wrong, but I'm not in doubt. No, I think I think you're onto something, man. <laughs> and I definitely think it's not. I don't think more tall poppy syndromes needed. You know, the answer to this is it's definitely we don't need more cutting each other down, trying to blow each other's candles out. You know, to me, it's just like so much of life isn't a zero sum game. You know, it's. For me, I've had a really deep, visceral couple of years understanding my own conversation and realization around envy and jealousy through open relating. You know, that's something that I've been a part of, my wife and I open relate. And so for me, it's like I use my jealousy and envy as a motivational tool. So when I see my partner interested in another being that because they have some talent it's like do i have a part of that in me that i'm not fully owning and addressing 
you know, am this is I... so good you're going into this. Yeah. Like, no, who, no one goes this deep. <laughs> no. It's like, and that's my existential kink, right? Is like, if this person makes Tani feel this way because of this talent that they have, and I don't have it, like, I'm not a petite little Swedish girl, right? Yeah. I'm like a big fucking giant dude, right? So it's like, I can't be everything for Tani. I get that. So some other people are going to have strengths that I don't have, talents that I don't have. You know, I have a beard. I don't have a smooth face. You know, I don't have a hairless body. You know, those sorts of things. So I can't be everything to my partner. But if there's parts of me that I hide, deny and repress in myself that hold me back and another person has that, Tani sees that in them and enjoys it and has the experience of it and I can have that too, then I use that envy and jealousy as a motivator to improve myself not actually try and cut the other person away or off, out or down. And I definitely don't shame my partner for enjoying or wanting a different flavor of ice cream. Because if I'm chocolate ice cream, I can't be vanilla ice cream. doesn't matter how less chocolate I have in me. I'm just chocolate, you know? And to me, that's the beauty of relating and open relating as I'm, you know, talk about personal development. Open relating is like the visceral experience you can of, have it you can have it all yeah <laughs> it is not for everyone i literally had a conversation today with a a couple um in new zealand about it and um they're open to the idea and have had lots of conversations i said that's great you've had conversations now go and have the actual experience of it because you can talk about it all day long but the actual lived experience is so different and it's it's learning it's trying you know yeah, that's why, you know, that's one of my things is input and learning, you know, ideation, woo and communication. It's like, if it means that I get to learn more about myself, I'm pretty up for it. Mm. If it challenges me, I'm pretty interested in finding out what's the challenge. Why is it the way it is, you know? And I'm also like, I don't want to cage my beautiful wife. There's a part of me that's just like, if I really love something, one of the first poems I ever learned was if you love something, set it free. If it comes back to you, it's yours. And if it doesn't, it never was. Yeah, neediness is pretty uh, unattractive. In some, like in, in the clingy needy. <clears throat> I don't know if it's, if it's two-way street consensual. I, I get needy sometimes, but it's very intimate with my partner. It's mm. not like a, like I won't survive without her, which is a big difference. And yeah. it's repulsive. <laughs> neediness yeah it's like victim energy yeah it creates the drama of neediness and then it's either you're up to your partner to rescue you or to perpetrate on you or to get more in victim than you are so then becomes a victim off you know which doesn't work out very well sounds really fun <laughs> <laughs> so what about sacred sexuality tell me about that what is it that you do around that and help men <sighs> help women help everyone I don't know anything <laughs> no, just the um, so the, the the sexual energy like that's in us. That's like, I suppose zoomed out as a macro perspective, the culture of society and and the normal conversations is like, yeah, mate, watch your porn. Yeah, yeah, you're all good, bro. Yeah, check out this chick. Like, it's just it's so encouraged and unaccountable of that force leaving and it's like labeled as like 
Oh, I was frustrated. I had blue balls. Really? That's actually your fucking power. That, if you can't hold and be with pleasure, then you're fucking powerless. And you are. You're addicted. <laughs> and like, I, I, my own personal journey is... But I, I was at a kinesiology course and it was like, we were just like working on each other, like body work stuff, um, just basic sports stuff. And just this one lady put her hand on my back and she's just like, you're empty. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, what you saying this for? And she was quite intuitive or something like that. And then I was reflecting later on that and it was, I think it was from just being empty and drained from my sexual energy, from habits that are left unaccountable from lack of men's groups lack of challenging conversations of like where the fuck's your energy going bro like where where's your addictions like where what's where's this like all this stuff it's like happens in men's group right Mm. so that's when i was just more like well i like to feel in control and powerful and full and like you know like is like i like that and i was going through like a a big crisis exploration sort of <laughs> journey aspect and then i just saw and started researching and experimenting with myself with that and just holding it in and just walking through shopping centers and eye contact with other men other women it's it's like you can't explain unless you experience it like being an actual father like or like doing initiation or something like <laughs> to actually experience like if someone challenges, it's like, let's go. Like, you know, or I need to have an uncomfortable conversation. Let's go. Like that moment and that like energy, if I'm empty, I'm like, I'm going to back away from that. I'll just be playing. Just come towards just like, let's go. Like, like that, that like, fucking moment is mm. empty to me. Yeah. Okay. And it's like the moment of like, I need to do that. Bang. I need to do this. Bang. I don't want to do that ice bath. I'm going to do it. Like, because I'm committed to what I'm doing, not what I fucking feel like. And yep. to me, it's the feeling, feeling, pleasure, satisfied, psychological parts of the psyche being fulfilled without any rejection or work or effort or um, building to trust and relationship and intimacy before you get to that sexual experience. It's just, it's just un. You haven't earned it, and it's just happening like that, like bang, bang, bang. When you w- they're watching porn, like as a thing, and just ejaculate on the screen. It's like or not like whatever. It's like. There's no accountability. It's hitting the most primal part of the brain and it's just emptying it. And it's, it's becoming satisfied and docile as fuck. Mm. And people can feel that energy when they're around you if you're empty and docile and passive and fully satisfied. Because you, if you're fully satisfied and docile, what are you? Like, if push comes to shove, you would be apathetic and like, oh, it's so good, bro. Fucking. It's like, and until someone comes in and fucking smashes your door down in the middle of the night and you're like, you know, that's where the act- that moment, you actually need to go get the fuck out of my house mm. instead of like, oh, it's, maybe he's having a bad day or get my phone out and film him, like, uh, put it on Facebook, man. Like, that fucking shit is what I'm seeing in society. Mm. No one's stepping in, people just stepping on their phone and yeah. recording the thing rather than jumping it's into a- life. It's always out there, it, yeah. that, which is, to me, it's the... It's the um, it's the it's the it's the spectator stuff like the like the cuck sort of it's out there someone else is doing it someone else is and it's I'm the spectator and I'm not doing it doing anything watching other people watching other men and not actually doing things in my life and it's it's that that it's like 
you, how you train is how you fight. Like how you yes. do things is ha- in like sport. It's like you, how you train during the week when there's no competition and when it's fucking freezing and you got like shin splints and blisters and then on the weekend when there's actually guys there and a crowd there, your friends and family and sports coaches and everyone, it's like, oh, I can't just step up now because if you haven't got the scar tissue and the tenacity and the men- mental fortitude to go through, how the fuck are you going to lift up then? And it's like, but we've lost it through technology that even that there's any threats because mm. there is none because That's you can go on the safety net of Centrelink. You can go into like, um, just, oh, it's all good, man. You don't get any harsh feedback about shit behavior because we've taken the father's stuff out of society generally. Yeah, we're not allowed or it's rude. You yeah, know? that's right. Oh, that's speaking, right. speaking to anything uncomfortable is rude. <laughs> Don't be rude. You know? <laughs> that's probably why I'm a hermit. I just... <laughs> I'm a bit the same, man, because it's just like we get told we're too much. You know? 100%. If we're Which straight... That's tall poppy right there. That is tall poppy. That. If you say too much to someone, you're fucking doing tall poppy. Yeah. Don't say that to someone because... If you take that out of society and you need someone to be a teacher and input and learn and give you ideas, you'd fucking go to Lindsay. Imagine if we took those three out of the whole world. What would we have? So why the fuck would it be too much? We actually need it. Don't cut off what you don't... Like, we need it. So don't fucking cut it off. Hmm. But back to the sexuality thing, is it's energy stuff and it's the potency of your desire. If I was a woman and a wife, I would want to be fucked. <laughs> I would want to be desired. I would want to be ravished, owned, and c- fully ravished, claimed. Yes, yeah, right. And so women want that, but then they try and tell men to be nice. <laughs> yeah, mums, mums tell their sons to be good and to follow the rules and listen here and don't climb that tree. And and it's it's it, that's needed up till about I don't know ten maybe. 12 i know like that's needed support and and nurturing and gentle loving stuff that's why the men would grab them in the middle of the night in the tent from their mother the break away from the mother to the rites of passage responsibility stuff yeah men stuff Mm. and actually other men challenge you there is no nurturing you actually have to stand up and actually grow a pair and actually get your axis and your balls and your guts and your spine and actually do what needs to be done for other men to trust you to want to do business with you so you can get food with them and and if they are vulnerable, you can protect them. But we've gotten that all out with social fabric of dissolving people into little packaged egos of fences and boundaries and isolation that we've removed that need for visceral trust from other men and iron sharpening iron, giving and receiving feedback. Like of like that shit behavior, but that's fucking beautiful. Like the two sides of feedback. It's not just shit, and it's not pumping them up with fake positivity. It's like both sides mm. at all times, which is what a men's group is to me. Absolutely, is to me too. I think it speaks to also the the shadow side of competition. It's where competition can be the negative. You know, 100%. if we only see the negative side, you know, if every other man is competition to us, then we are going to cut them down to try and make ourselves look better, look more enticing, look more attractive, look like a better partner, a better fit for somebody. But I just see that as like a cutting down rather than a lifting up. It's a zero-sum game. It's just that understanding that if, you know, you're less attractive, that somehow that makes me more attractive. If my beard is fuller than your beard, that makes me more manly. You know, it's just all that stuff. <laughs> so superficial. But I watch it inside of what I see in society, and I see it even in my son, is 
I watch kids these days watch YouTube videos of people playing yeah, video games. I don't understand that. Does it, like you were saying it before, like it resonated for me. It made me think of this exact instance where when I was a kid, there was no way I would have sat there and watched someone else play a video game. I wanted to play the video yep. game. Yeah. Or there's no way I was going to sit on the sideline and watch someone play basketball. I wanted to play it. I wanted the visceral sensation of playing it so I could feel it, see it, do it, get better at it, not watch someone else who's really good do it. It's like I don't learn that way and I just I worry for kids that are spending hours of their day not actually engaging in the world. They're engaging in this fake reward of winning a video game rather than actually winning at life. Like it's a I listened to a podcast recently around addiction and as your desire for this want goes up, you actually get less satisfaction out of it. So say that again. As your desire for an addiction, if you have an addiction to something, you will crave it more and more and more and more and more, but you actually get less reward from it, less actual dopamine out of it. Every time you click that button or watch another video, you actually get less pleasure from it. So the only way to actually succumb to this is, in a way, is not to actually repeat the pattern over and over again. And what I've actually learned for myself inside of this and through my wife, Tani, who has a philosophy around called the pleasure state, it's actually the desire and wanting of the thing, not the actual having. So if we can recognize that I have an addiction to something, say I have an addiction to sex, it's actually the wanting the sex that is the most pleasurable part. Because when I'm actually having it, let me make a better example. Ice cream. That's what OnlyFans is. Exactly. It's the mystery. Yes. Of not actually having a pang to see what's behind that thing, which is a genius for business and hijacking the part of the mind of mystery of wanting when (laughs) it's already everywhere on the internet anyway, but you're paying for the, for the feeling of the mystery of wanting it. Yes. Which is that. Yeah. Which is the shadow magician as well is, is it? Here's this, thing that you don't know oh yeah yeah and using that as a it's a normal mechanism because like someone like me that's a learner i was gonna say that's actually i wanted to talk this is probably the part that triggered me about you in our like time i've known you is that you're a magician and your input and learners like there's always like listen one day you'll get to my stage because i've arrived Like, I feel like the least arrogant person on the planet. I, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 no one else is going to say it like this because yeah. I, I, I love to say this stuff out loud because I can talk about anything yeah. um, with this. But it's, it's, it's a projection and it's for someone who is like a Swiss army knife like yourself with the, uh, a little inside of lots of different topics as like, you know, when you're 20 have a, as, a, as a father landmark, like, you know, I'm going to gather to be in part to my son. I see that. It's yeah. awesome. And it's intimidating to people that haven't been as in-depth of all these different topics for that many years. Mm. So then there's like this, I've got one over you, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> and that, uh, wow. Uh, that's a projection. Yeah. I could be wrong. And it's like, maybe I've got that to see that as well. And that's why I can say it openly with not a charge. Yeah. And the temptation would be there, I'm guessing, because you can see and think quite 
that's your strengths. Like, you know, three in the strategic thinking, two in the influencing, magician king. Like, that's a, it's a really powerful combination. And it's just like, I wanted to bring it up that like, if I didn't know, well, knowing this now, like deeply, the language of your strengths, like, and like, fuck, that is what he actually brings to situations. Yeah, he actually does know things I probably don't about different topics, like, right? So like, if I was insecure, if I didn't know my strengths, I would be insecure. Yes. I would be fucking triggered. I would be jealous. I would be envious. And I'd probably default into like, oh, I'm like a better athlete or something. Like, you know, whatever, you know, as it, if I was insecure and didn't know what I brought to the table. Yes. So that's, this is the, this is the part that I'm, I wanted to bring up is like, this is what tall poppy syndrome would look like for two men like us. You've ran a gym. I could, the temptation like, oh, I'm insecure. I'm not as good of a man as or successful, powerful. Like, you know, the temptation of like, he's taller than me more better communicator like breaking the ice with different people lots of people like him like you know like that could be triggering yeah but if i didn't know this stuff around that then you (laughs) this is gonna it's just the vicious cycle of like tall poppy syndrome in action between two men yes and that's the part that i think just needs to be like talked about is that this is what comes up from the behaviors and the cut down from that split second moment, which we've gone deeply into and we're exploring it now, that's what's happening up at a higher level of I'm going to throw a joke at him in front of everyone to cut him down so I fucking feel better, mm. which is a bullshit. It's unnecessary. You're doing your life and you just get these attacks or like projections and spears and arrows at you from people that don't know what they bring. Yes. That's all the tall poppy is to me. Mm. and we could dissolve it through fathers and parents and men and every teacher everyone and it's just it's idealism but it's almost like a responsibility and listening to this like find out your strengths find out other people's strengths these unconscious like humor and joke the element of truth in that from the insecurity of the humor and like everyone's laughing about the discomfort of he actually said that but i'm gonna laugh because he wanted to like me all that shit can be completely fucking dissolved Mm. And I, I see this, there's actually possibility to shift it and invert this. And I don't know what, do you, what's yours? Have you ever, have you ever had anything with me? Like you wanted to like, I don't know, cut down anything like of mine where I've sat, you could say it up. Like, yeah. I've sat in a sauna with you before and said that like, you're just so in your warrior, yeah. you know, and I know that triggers you, <laughs> you know, it tries to, <laughs> <laughs> it's the, it's the Alex is already running down the hill with a sword but he's already jumped off his horse he could ride his horse down the hill but he's going to jump off and run because it feels like he's he's doing more you know that's the part i see in you is that part overexerting for no reason yeah it's the that's your input yeah that's the berserker (laughs) energy i see and you know that's my projection right yeah and it's like it's definitely not the case because the there's so much gold in you there's so much fire that you bring you know, that's the that's the part that I've always resonated is like Alex is that man, you know? He's a deep thinker. He <laughs> loves competition. Alex kicked my ass at beach sprints. We did beach sprints, oh, yeah. flags into the ocean or whatever, and I'm like, I'll try really hard. And Alex just whizzed past me and I'm like, What? Oh, he's got me there. And um But so but that so that would that have triggered you? or something like yeah there's the part that triggers me is what what um what i see in you that i 
I wish I had more of that I would have cut you down for is the ability to take action and there and you confront you you're not afraid of conflict whereas I have been in the past so I I would I would neg you by going you just love to cause drama yeah something like that it's like you you just want to rub people up the wrong way you know this is actually the things I've actually had said at me my whole life I bet I bet like as in continuously like fired from jobs and shit yes like didn't like for what I bring yeah your gifts you know what I mean yeah like and made wrong for like speaking up for someone who's suicidal because he got falsely accused of something his English wasn't that good because another boss was like I'm going to give it to this guy because I'm not going to take away from the blame and I'm like seeing this he's blaming this foreigner guy who can't defend himself I'm having lunch with this guy on a his level in the lunchroom and he's having medication because he's suicidal. He can't sleep at night. His wife is like thinking about breaking up with him because he can't communicate what's actually... Be, he's been falsely accused because he is like a really good businessman or just good man. Yeah. And I'm just like, look at this. What the fuck? I wrote like a three or four page email to the HR in like Sydney and this national company. Next week, see you later, Alex. We don't need you. I had like a, like a brand new like Rodeo, like dual cab, like awesome job, like just great. And then just let go because of, I don't know, the confrontation that needs to happen to defend another guy that's getting like... The injustice. Yeah. And it's like, that was like cut down. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck, like, oh, it's just like, ah, oh. it's like, you know, good, good lesson. Um, but that's just an example and it's uh, I suppose this is politics and like organisations like this is always going to happen like situations of politics and like things like that too mm. but with hierarchy and that too with like things like that it's just, just cut him down do you feel like then you just need to be in a king position like to work for yourself because that's what I see like Alex does best if Alex is working <laughs> for himself and a bit the same as me yeah like I, I could I can work for other people and I've done that where I feel like the leadership is good. It's a bit like me with the government. I've said this a hundred times is mm-hmm. I'm not against leadership. Yeah. I'm actually just against shitty leadership. I'm actually just against shitty government. You know, I don't mind following the rules if they're good rules, you know, if they make sense and they are to a degree fair or if they're insightful, you know, that's for me like going deep into all these things. It's like it want to make sense. You know, if it ain't making sense, don't tell me to do it. Just because everyone's jumping off a cliff or, you know, doesn't mean that I'm going to do it. I'm definitely like, I'm a, I'm a thinker and I'm going to look into it first and make up my own decision about stuff, you know? And so, yeah, I guess that's why for me it's like working for myself is always going to be more, more of a long-term thing. I'm definitely not a follower. <laughs> I'm not a follower. Kings don't follow. No. That's why it's good seeing you doing all this stuff, like the the contribution you bring with all the input of all the years and all the men's organisations and workshops and stuff. It's about time you fucking do this. <laughs> totally. 100%. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but I've always seen that in the year. So what's happening next for you, man? Oh, just... This workshop's coming up. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you know, the, the, the posts and stuff I talk about on Facebook and the misunderstandings, <laughs> the, like, an antagonizing, thought-provoking posts which are really misunderstood or whatever, 
it's towards like jamming the door open and breaking the lock and it's like okay what next well yeah we've got a workshop so it's like you know waking up this part of us that's inside of us that's been stagnant that is <coughs> needed and otherwise you know history repeats itself sure with, does man um do people not see it like i've done that much history research like of course now i understand this it's like does, does people like i remember a year ago people were like oh it's never going to get to the point that we're going to need a vaccine passport and next minute you know like next year and it's like everyone that's been saying this stuff is like no 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 i won't get to that point everything everything gets to that point because we've seen it and done it all before the media talking about us versus them are they saying that already they've been doing it for ages them those people like when you start to break down society pretty quick society breaks down you know it's like it's i've got a german background man i did my history you know like i've seen what happens you know i remember a a documentary where when the jews were going to the like to the gas chambers the the german people at the church would have the train go past on a sunday full of jewish people on the way to extermination and the germans would just sing louder in the churches Act Fuck like it's not r- not happening. Are you fucking serious? They knew it was happening. They would just sing louder in church so they didn't feel as bad knowing what was happening. But it's just that it could that also just be a trauma response. It's just so 6%, uncomfortable. Six percent of the population what? were Jewish. Ninety percent of the people did nothing. Really? Doesn't take much for society to not do anything. Really. It just takes a few people to actually do something to make a difference. It doesn't take much to change the way the society goes. And this is what I'm hoping for. This is what I'm hoping that people are awake and alive. And for me, it's the, you know, this weekend is the 24th, 25th, 26th is the Awaken the Warrior weekend with the Samurai Brotherhood. So Alex, myself, Kaibor Gardner, uh, Logan, Kane, Christian, uh, the men that are going to be presenting and if i've forgotten anyone i'm sorry there's lots of men they're going to be at this event and um the awaken warrior retreat is going to be well look put it this way who else is running big events at the moment in men's work you know the mkp is not offering anything and hasn't for a while now and you know my want and desire is that to come back you know tenfold because it's needed more than ever at the moment and so I'm very, very happy to be a part of an organization that's going for it, you know, and in a in a time that's trying, that's what we need. We need men to step up and step in and lead and to offer support and encouragement for the men in their life to grow their balls, put their balls back in, you know, and take charge of their own life. And I know that you're going to bring that energy this weekend. But un- unfortunately, people need more emotional pain. They probably do to get there. Yeah. Like some it, some people just need to piss on the electric fence yep. for themselves. Yes. Yep. Need a baseball bat. I'm like or, that, man. That's what happened to me. Yeah. I had to hit rock bottom. I had to shut my gym. My wife to nearly leave me to like actually go and do men's work to actually go to that point. Because otherwise I thought, oh, I was, I've got it all sorted. Like yeah. my life on paper looked good. Yeah. You know, this is what I was meant to want, you know. I, you know, it should be like, you know, I've got a wife, a kid, a business. I'm, you know, happily married, all those things. And like, that's life. Like, that's as good as it gets. So, yeah. th- and so this points to something. Like, <clears throat> the 
I, I'm not gonna. I don't know why or where this comes from, but like the the men who feel more comfortable around females, like as a default, um, that avoid other men and avoid men's workshops or even investing into themselves or seeing a th- professional therapist. But I'm gonna just antagonize the thought on this though a nascar can pull into a fucking pit stop and it's like yeah he changed the tires changed the pistons changed the oil and went back on the track right but doing that for your mind and emotions is like look down on what the fuck's up that but you go to the gym you can go in the pit stop and like flex your like the physical side then the mental side like you know strength stuff sports psychology high performance personality stuff spirituality like and then it's like Back to the pissing on the electric fence and the emotional pain, right? Of like rock bottom or suicidal ideation or a crippling drug addiction or gambling addiction, which I've like witnessed close friends go down. Mm. Or like my post the other day about the positive disruption of another man or an older brother through a fucking uncomfortable conversation of like that week. What was, what's What would be better, do you think? An uncomfortable fucking conversation for five minutes or thousands of dollars in debt and like emotional trauma and your partner wanting to leave and losing respect for you and losing your fucking job and having to build from that or a fucking uncomfortable conversation, which is like that that shit behavior. Or hey, man, I could actually see you use, use your strength like that or use your personality. I fucking see you'd be really good if you just did that and I love you or fucking learn the hard way or in by yourself. Mm. So and it takes fucking courage to turn up to a men's circle or a workshop. Fucking, I acknowledge every single time it's the first time for a guy. Like oh. I fuck, it takes fucking big kahunas, like fucking balls. Like maybe it doesn't for some people. Generally, like, what are they gonna think? What are they gonna do? Oh, are they gonna fuck me up like this? Am I gonna be vulnerable? Are they gonna like, well, like you know, are they gonna tease me? Are they gonna taunt me? Are they gonna be aggressive? Like. Oh, my dad, I remember he was aggressive and like, I hate masculine traits. I want to be my feminine. Oh, but I need to get into my masculine and like, you know, I'll be more attractive and like get more girls. Like, it's like all this shit's going through their brain. Just fucking turn up and like the loving support. And like, I, do, I know I do bring a bit of fire, but there's also love behind it of like, I want to see people win. Mm. That like, that's why I'm saying it. And on a podcast, like people say, you got to get in front of a video or talk because people don't understand your words when you type because it can be come across aggressive. <laughs> um, but like, th- it, there's actually love from it, like brotherly love of like, you can learn the hard way or you can actually learn from the wisdom of other men who actually want to see you win. Mm. And that's what we're bringing. That's what I'm bringing. And I'm bringing Alex Kenny with me, <laughs> man. It's been awesome to chat to you. And I, you know, I know that you bring all that fire with a huge heart behind it. You know? Yeah, you've seen me collapse. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> absolutely, man. And trust falls and all sorts yeah, of things, man. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, I've been there. We've held each other through trying times in our lives and through processes. And, you know, I want that for other men. Like, I truly want that. Mm. There's any other man that comes to this weekend that gets something out of it and wins in his life does not take away from mine at all, you know? And it's just, it's a loving space. And when was the last time you got to hang around with just like just men in a huge group for three days where it's not drugs and alcohol, music, anything like that. It's actual intentional, deep work that we're going to be doing. And even, and there's one aspect on this, like with, um, 
Navy SEALs and camaraderie with military guys. Not that it's anything to do with that level of suffering and pain, but there's so much connection through seeing another man suffer next to you and you're going through it and he can see you going through the challenges. It just builds respect. And that to me is fucking like gold, that stuff. Like that, to have that giving and receiving respect through eye contact or energy in that, it's just like, man, this is good. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's life changing. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the energy you bring back, your women and children, I, I know for myself, I'll just say this part. My dad did a rite of passage thing. He came back. He didn't even tell me he was going or didn't give me context. He just came back. I could, as soon as the front door opened, I was playing the computer, I turned around and I could just feel him walking closer and his energy was shifted. I could feel his whole energy and he was lighter. He was so grounded and like lovingly and protectively like this combination of like this energy. I didn't even know what energy was. This is when I was like 23 or something. Like I don't know, over 10 years ago. And it's like that, I've had that experience from workshops as well. When I come back, like, oh, like just, just the energy. It's great. It's, it, it's hard to explain, but it's, it's definitely experiential and it's around self-respect and giving, receiving and seeing. And that's mm. like, like priceless really you're priceless <laughs> and this podcast was epic and we're going to cut it there because we're hitting on the hour and a half mark oh yeah and um not to say that there's ever a cap on this but i i appreciate alex and i appreciate you and thank you to the listeners and how can people how can people hear your knowledge wisdom love and fire where do they go to catch up with you just on my facebook page Alex Kenny and my Instagram page formidable underscore monk and if you want to do strength sessions on my website www.alexkenny.org and there's a picture of two guys jumping out of a plane together awesome man jump out of a plane with you anytime <laughs> brother alright thank you so much guys thanks for listening and I'll see you all later in the week bye <laughs>